Hey, so this week we're going to be doing something a little bit different. Over the last two, three, four weeks, myself and the team, we've put out on our social media channels and my social media channels, Q&A polls. So we've put stuff out on like Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, all this sort of stuff. And over the last few days, we've gathered all of that data. We've gathered all the questions and we thought, that it would be great to put it into a podcast episode. I get asked questions all the time from like business, life, uh, refereeing and advice, guidance, all this sort of stuff. And I thought the best place to put it would be on my social media channels, on my on my podcast channels. The way this is laid out is I don't actually know what's being asked. So I don't know what's being asked and I don't know who's asking it. Um, some have been put in for my team that they feel would be beneficial to answer, but most of it is from people on like LinkedIn and Instagram. The way it's laid out, I've got my iPad here. I can't see the questions. I can see the the title. So the first section we're going to be talking about, if you're watching on YouTube, is going to be business ventures business slash ventures and then it's like a book I scroll and on the next page there's another question and so on so I don't actually know what is being asked and I've not looked at this I should have done I've not looked at this but my my business development guy Luke he came to me and he said Liam there's one rule you have got to answer every question you've got to answer every question so I'm going to so without further ado Let's dive in to this episode of The Online Disruptor. First question, why marketing and how did you choose which business to start? That's a good question. That's a good first question, actually. Why marketing? So, we've got to go back to 2017 for me to answer this. I was working for that company, We Love Social. I worked there for like two weeks. They were a marketing agency. And I I remember looking at the boss, the owner, James, and thinking, wow, he has got an incredible lifestyle. He's living like this incredible life with a nice car and and all this sort of stuff and I was very misguided to be honest I was very misguided and I thought it would be very very almost easy to replicate it so yeah when they didn't pay me I quit there and I went to start off my own business but if if like three weeks before you had to ask me what sort of business would you start I wouldn't have a clue and to be fair, I knew nothing about marketing. I worked in like the sales department there. That's how me and Luke met. We both worked there. So like, yeah, why marketing? That's, that's the truth of why I got into marketing. I didn't give a shit about marketing. Then I didn't. I gave a shit about the results and what I thought it could lead me in, in terms of my my wealth and all this sort of stuff. But I never cared about marketing. So yeah, hopefully that answers answers your question. Right, next one. 
I recently graduated from the University of Exeter and I am seeking employment within finance slash accounting. Most employers are seeking previous experience, one to two years, to achieve a place within an entry-level role position. How do you show that you have the ability without the full experience required? Show them something they don't have. Show them something you can offer them. And I'll remember this story vividly, right? We don't ask for, like, qualifications or degrees unless it's, like, an accounting role, something like that, usually, usually. But when people come to us, and and we've had people come to us and go, we love what you're doing, brisk, this is brisk, we love what you're doing, have you tried doing this? And they've shown us how we can do something better. So, and I promise you, if an accountant came to us and said hey you've probably got these structures in place all this sort of stuff but they were like have you tried this new technique of doing something we'd be like wow and I promise you if you do that 100% at least in the door at least in the door and I remember a few weeks back right the other The other week I put like a trailer for the podcast out on my social media and I got a guy from a guy called Anushka. He messaged me and goes, I listen to your podcast. It's very good. I like what the points you get across, all this sort of stuff. But I I would recommend trying this to reach more people in terms of like Spotify algorithms and stuff. And I promise you, we saw such a growth the next week. We were like, we're going to hire you. And we gave him a job there and then. And it's stuff like that. If you can prove your worth through like whether that's creative and all this sort of stuff, then I promise you, you'll get a foot in the door. Next one is from Collective Church. And they, I I know it's from Collective Church because they've asked, what's your advice on marketing a church on social media? at collective.church is a church any advice would be great hmm hmm i've never actually had to market a church on social media i don't think we've ever marketed a church that's hard that's a hard one because firstly facebook instagram and most social media platforms do have regulations that stop you marketing if you're a religious company and that that would obviously fall under that secondly it's hard because you don't know like if you're religious you're going to go to your local church probably aren't you that's the first thing I'd say. You're probably going to go to your local church or you're going to go somewhere you where you know people who go there. So in terms of marketing a church, and this is a really, this is through f- f- me, to be honest, you've got to offer something that people are going to care about. So whether that be an event for children, you, you could easily like market events for children, whether that be events for parents and all this sort of stuff you've got to offer something that you can easily market and that people care about but it is going marketing a church is hard and we never take on 
um, political clients or religious clients for various reasons. But that that would be my my advice. Right, the next one. When planning a social media campaign, where do you start and what's the first thing you think about? I think about the customers. For example, I think about the customers who you are going to be marketing to. So when we take on clients, if we, for example, Martel and Ram, big client of ours, we, their clients, higher end people, um, worldwide, all that sort of stuff. We think about their buying journey. We think about their, we think about the customer journey, and we build a picture, a single customer view, SCV, on what that journey looks like. And then we, from that data, we build campaigns around that. And the truth is we test and try and we test and fail a load of shit before something sticks, as the saying goes. So we always start with the customer journey. Then we look at the data that's coming off of it, seeing where they're interacting, what what that journey looks like. And then we'll build a campaign around that. (laughs) The next one just says, will you be my mentor? Um, Happily, I actually don't know who's written this because my team haven't put like the usernames in these. But but yeah, of course. And I'm mentoring a few people at the moment. Um, I started mentoring a a new person the other week, actually. And yeah, I'm really enjoying um, all this mentoring stuff. So whoever you are, drop me a DM and we'll, we'll set up a call. <clears throat> do you get paid for the podcast mm. yes but it isn't a lot from an episode i think about from an episode i put put out like three weeks ago i think i made like three quid three pounds off of it it's not a lot um we are in discussion, actually, with a number of brands, a number of um, business business owners about them sponsoring the podcast per se. But it for us, it's got to be a right fit. Right now, we are we use Anchor to spot um, to sponsor the podcast, and they are almost a middle middleman. They pay me pay the, us a small percentage of I'm sure what they get paid fractions so we are looking to cut out the middleman and we are in deep discussions with that now we're not we're not doing this to make money we're doing it so it's like sustainable right so that we can invest in new equipment all this sort of stuff but the the truth is the more viewers the more money i do do make from the podcast but it is at the moment it's not a lot and that's me being upfront and transparent but like anything, you need money to be able to sub- sustain it. Why the podcast? Hmm. It's not a difficult question, actually. I know the answer to this one. Why the podcast? Well, with most... most uh, <laughs> Words gone. With most things I do in my life, I always think think about 17 year old Liam when he was in that garage with like fuck all 
This is something I would have loved to listen to. Like when I was 17, I feel it's insightful. I feel like the guests I'm speaking to are so incredibly minded that I'm learning so much off them. And like, imagine what 17 year old Liam could learn. Like I'm learning so much off of like footballers, athletes, mindfulness coaches, sex therapists. I'm learning so much shit, right? At 23 years old, I love this. I love learning stuff. I love speaking to like open-minded people. But then it also drops back to provide for that 17-year-old kid, Liam. And it's incredible. And that's that's the reason I'm doing it. Okay, so the next one is, do you have a team on the podcast? So my agency team do work on the podcast. Luke, um, he's incredible. He um, helps me find guests and promotes the podcast on my social media channels. Rebecca, she creates clips and all this sort of stuff, um, manages my social social media account. So the, t- the two I've got on that are, are incredible people. And then Anushka, who we brought on, who's going to help with the growth of the podcast. So an incredible small team around us, but hopefully the growth is going to continue. <clears throat> what are your thoughts on personal branding? Oh, love it. I love it. And I don't love it for the fact of like clicks, views, likes, engagement, all this sort of stuff. I love it that I think everybody should have a platform that they can go and share their thoughts with. Just a platform where it doesn't matter how many views you've got. So like for me, it's Instagram, right? I share almost everything on Instagram and I don't give a shit if I've got 100 followers or 100,000 followers. That is almost that LinkedIn and Twitter are my places to go and share my thoughts. And it just so happens that my thoughts resonate with other people who I've noticed care what people think about them, right? But I don't. And I think the moment you stop caring about what people think about you, your personal brand will will grow. And like I said, I always think back to 17-year-old Liam. If I was in that garage... Who would I want to almost look up to? And I think someone like me posting that content would resonate with with 17-year-old Liam a lot. Have you ever not posted a podcast episode? Yes. In fact, one I recorded today hasn't made the cut. I'm very... With everything I do, I'm very, very anal maybe the best word for it I am very very fussy I want everything to be perfect and I understand not all the time it can be but like I said I'm doing this podcast to have like interesting conversations and because I give a shit about what people have to say for me it's like going on a first date right if the conversation's flowing if everything's going well the chances are that date will lead to a success but if it's not the chances are the date ends there and I feel bad because I might have wasted like an hour two hours of their time but if the conversation wasn't there I'm not gonna post it because I I care about what content I'm pushing out there
Right, so the next one is how do you grow a podcast? Consistency is key, to be honest. I've noticed that and I'll, I'll try and put the the stats in if you're if you're watching on YouTube here or there. <laughs> Consistency is key. But then the other thing I've noticed is once I started bringing guests guests on, they then started bringing their own following and we grew that way. I think with a solo podcast it's very hard because Unless your other social media channels are growing dramatically, you're only going to keep that set amount of social media um, of podcast following. So to have other conversations with other people who can bring their guests in is vital. And then almost having that time slot. So for us, it's Tuesday, 6 a.m. Podcast goes out every week. No matter, regardless whether there's something or not a podcast will always go out and then your users your followers have that time slot almost in their minds how much do you make from your agency why the hell was that put in there i'm i'm not gonna answer Mm. I know this is a very deep, dark, and honest podcast. I'm not sure if I can answer this, to be honest. This is a weird one. I'm surprised they put that in there because... I think they put that in there because they knew... They knew I'd I'd struggle on this. I make uh, I make a comfortable amount. I'm very, very fortunate. I'm very blessed. I don't take it for granted. I'm humble. I make a nice amount of money. Uh yeah. Mm. Yeah, I make a nice amount of money. Um money doesn't doesn't mean like it money's not the end all and be all right but no i'm comfortable i'm happy i'm fulfilled in my life um we're gonna leave it at that i know i know my team said i have to answer every question but that is very very personal um for a number of reasons so we are going to move on apologies I'm scared, oh, this is a good one. I'm scared to post my passion online at risk of humiliation or it might not work. Ah, yeah, so this person's scared of posting their passion online at the risk of failure or humiliation. Um, What do you suggest? Don't give a shit. Do not care. Do not care. Just don't care. Fuck me, the amount of stuff I've posted online. I started a business, um, lockdown two, a gym business and a ref business, and it totally failed. And it was awful. It was it was hands down, like I had money to to support it as well at that point. And the, the ref hub hub was one of them, and I started that, and it, it went downhill. The payment system broke. It like took fivers out of people's account. It, it was a total disaster. 
And like, I got so much backlash for that, obviously. And it was all my fault, to be honest. And I, I paid, made sure everyone was paid back, but I just didn't care. I was posting about it. I was bragging about it. And it's like, if you're an artist, go and just brag about what you're good at. If you're a musician, just shout about it. Post clips every single day until something sticks, until someone spots you. Just do not care about what people think. Like, I will post twice, once, twice a day, every day, about stuff that I care about. If I lose followers, I don't give a shit. I do not care about recognition from people who don't care about what I'm posting. If that makes sense. Hopefully that does. Next one. My parents are telling me I shouldn't start a business. My parents told me I shouldn't start a business. <laughs> to be honest. I remember the day. I do. I remember this day. 25th of May 2017. I walked into my parents house. I wasn't living with them at the time. I wasn't. Yeah I wasn't living with. No. I wasn't living with them. Um, and I walked in. And I said mum I'm, I'm starting a business. I'm starting a marketing agency. And they just said nah you shouldn't do that don't do that that's a bad idea and I just didn't give a shit I did not care and I went out and I just started a a marketing business and anyway albeit the story now sounds super cool but it was really hard at the time right and I learned but the thing is if you don't start that business you may have the regret when you're on your deathbed when you're your deathbed thinking that what if I did start that business that I was really, really good at? What if I did that thing that I was so passionate about? You may regret that for the rest of your life. And it's harsh to say. But the truth is, you probably won't succeed to begin with. You may do. There's case studies where you have. But you will learn so much shit. You will learn so much stuff in the process that will lead to greater skill sets further down the line. So my advice for people looking to start a business but scared because their parents are telling them not to is just as long as you yeah, as long as you've not got like responsibilities for like kids and and stuff like this and you have the ability like you have a phone or or a laptop to be to be able to start your dream then just go for it go for it right the next one and actually it says the final one in the business section is any books that you'd recommend yeah yes yes where is it where is it ah here it is it's this one selling to win i remember this so i've worked in like a load of call centers before and when i first got my first sales job i I went on Amazon and I bought this book. And albeit some of it's outdated now, but that bought book taught me so, so much. It taught me so much about like open questions, hard sales, bad sales. Um, how do I become a professional? Getting customers to say yes. Finding the time. This book has led to so much Liam Chick sales in the past I would highly, highly, highly recommend. Or 
human psychology books and it's a shame right because i would read a lot more books but i'm dyslexic and it does i do struggle to read so i'm on audio a lot more now but um yeah i'd recommend that or human psychology books right so the next section is about life um don't really know what to expect on this section it'll be interesting um so let's get into the first question which is oh does money make you happy oh yeah i'm asked that all the time there was no surprise that that question was not going to come up because i am asked that all the time yes it does but not but to the to the point where money leads to like podcast growth right money leads to business growth money means that i can chase my passion easier money i was speaking to a guy today actually who mentioned that with more money you have more more survival whereas if you don't have money you're you're constantly like searching for like food shelter all this sort of stuff so in terms of that in terms of the fulfillment fulfillment on that side of things yes money does make me happy but things and and spending it and buying things really doesn't like i bought something the other day a little bit extreme i've got a bit of backlash off my um friend for that but a little bit extreme i bought something i felt super super guilty about it didn't make me happy felt guilty about it for a week but when i went out and bought my my podcast microphone and and all this equipment to create the podcasts i didn't care because i was i f- i felt like it was going towards building something fulfilling and something that means a lot to me so yeah that's my answer on that i get asked that all the time right the next one is what advice would i give to a 17-year-old who doesn't know what he needs to do yet. I actually remember seeing this question pop in. This came in from someone's mum on LinkedIn. This was an incredible question, and I did answer that on LinkedIn as well, but I'll answer it here, of course. What advice would you give to a 17-year-old? You don't need to have it all figured out, right? I certainly didn't. I, um... I just happened to not get paid from a company. It just sort of fell into place. But I'd highly recommend finding your passion. And that's um, that can sometimes be hard to do. But just like think about what you're passionate about and try and make a career out of that. Um, but stuff will, will fall into place. Go actively try your hardest to make something and all this sort of stuff. But... But it will just fall into place. Right, the next one is, you speak about being at the bottom a lot. Do you miss being at the bottom? Oh, all the time. And this is weird to say, but I genuinely... What a question. This is reflection time with Liam. Check now. I remember being in that garage in a small village in Devon. I mean, I'm still in, in a small village in Devon, but not in a garage. But I miss being in that that small, like, car garage. I genuinely miss it. And I remember staying up every night, 
or pulling all-nighters, doing work, listening to Slack, um, five, like I can't remember how the album's pronounced, or listening the the the, 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 the new Jay Huss album had just come out, the one with like Spirit and and Burner Boy and all this sort of stuff, all that come out, and I was there, and I was so happy, and I was, and I had like my heater. I remember putting like my heater under me, a blanket around me, and I was at the bottom, and I was, oh my god, I was so happy, and I miss it, but almost like a memory. I wouldn't want to go back there, like, albeit I have like so many more responsibilities now, so many people like relying on me, so many inquiries, all this sort of stuff, but. You know where you just think and you're like, ah, I really miss that time in my life. And I do really miss that time in my life because that was the time I was like building something great, right? So, yeah. Good question. Hi, Liam. Three questions. Oh, interesting. What would your team say is something you could improve on? What keeps you motivated and what's your dream? Hmm. Right, we'll go with the first one. What would something... I need... Oh. I need to say no a lot more. I say yes to quite a lot of stuff. I get loads of inquiries loads of like people trying to sell to me and I, I'm always like yeah yeah let's talk let's talk and it's very time consuming and it takes up a lot of my time so they definitely say I need to say no a lot more and that is something I have really really learned it is vital to say no in business um what keeps you motivated I'm naturally very motivated like I will wake up in the morning and I will be buzzing to go and I'll go to bed late at night and I can consistently get up every morning early buzzing to go I don't actually I have days where I get demotivated I'm sure everyone does um what gets me through those days is knowing that it will just be a blip and that I can continue to build something really interesting speak to the type of people I'm speaking to um, growing my business hopefully continue to grow that and yeah I'm just genuinely very motivated there's nothing particular that motivates me and what's your dream what is my dream hmm. I would love to grow the podcast to to the charts to the like the podcast charts 100% I'd like to continue to grow the agency. And yeah. Yeah, they're, they're the two. I, I'd obviously love to make it Premier League with like my refereeing and all this sort of stuff. But yeah, I, th I think they're the three main ones. Well, this is a weird one. We have a weird question. Would you rather eat McDonald's every day for the rest of your life or eat KFC every day for the rest of your life or never drink alcohol again? <laughs> alcohol. 
I'm not a big drinker, to be fair, so I could easily cut out alcohol. I care about my health um, too much, the gym, my results, all this sort of stuff. I have a, obviously I drink a bit, but I don't excessively drink. So easily cut out alcohol. Hi, Liam. Would you ever consider moving into politics? Ooh. There's some good questions on here. Questions I don't even know the answers to. Or I do, but I've never thought about it. I probably wouldn't. I... If I did, it would be like a consulting role within like social media business, something along those lines, sport maybe. I'd never want to be PM. I think I'd be an incredible PM, but I'd never want to be, I never actually wanted to be a PM. I wouldn't want to be a health set. I wouldn't want to be every anything because no matter what you do, you fail, right? Hi, Liam. At what stage of your career were you at your happiest? Right now. Probably right now. Every day. I'm so happy. I'm so blessed. I'm so grateful right that I can wake up. I've got, like, water. I've got heating. I've got a roof over my head. I've got, like, four limbs. I'm so happy I can just wake up and be blessed. And even if I had nothing, I would wake up so happy every day knowing that I have more than what some people have and that I should, shouldn't should take that for granted. So I'm genuinely, I'm so happy today and I'll be so even happier tomorrow. And yeah, I'm so happy. Hi Liam, how many hours in a day do you work and how do you prevent getting burnt out? Hmm. So I wake up usually about six o'clock and then I'll work through to like midnight. So I get about six hours sleep. 18 hour days? Yeah, 18 hours. So 18 hours. And how do you prevent getting burnt out? The truth is, I think it's natural that you get burnt out. So I will work these days, but sometimes maybe I have to stay up later to like write a proposal or finish like a client website. Maybe it's overdue or something. And then then the next day I can easily wake up, but that'll always catch up with me like a few days later. And then if I ha- if I referee like a midweek game, waking up the next day is easy, but it will always catch up to me. So I don't think you can pre- prevent burnout. To be fair, I think it's a natural thing. And when that happens, I think it's vital that you get like a really, really good sleep. Um, and that's what I tend to do. When I when I get the burnout, I often like prolong it, right, to maybe a Sunday. And then on a, on a Sunday, I'll just sleep for like 15 hours during the day. So I think it's natural. Um, but yeah, 18-hour days and yeah. Right, so the next part... And the final part, I believe, is refereeing. And the first question is, what's the best thing about being a referee? The abuse. (laughs) Um, No. It is great. I've been to 78 different grounds this season. And I've had 78 free watching a football match for free. 
and it's been amazing. Albeit there's like troubles along the way, right? You've got to make decisions, all this sort of stuff. But I've managed to watch 78 games for free in the best seat in the house. You get to watch it as a neutral and it's incredible. What advice would you give to referees going for promotion? Put in the hard work. One thing I've noticed is when you get when you get to this level is the intensity of the games increase. So you've got to be um, much, much fitter. So train a lot, shred timber, all this sort of stuff. It is vital. The fitness tests are designed to not be easy per se. So yeah, just train hard, focus, stay off social media. Um, and yeah, that's the best advice I'd give. Advice for a new... What advice would you give to a new level 7 referee? Don't overthink things. So many referees go out and they, like, they could overthink things. My advice, just go out, ref the game, learn, learn, adapt, and then take it into your next game. And just don't stress about it. And there's, there's always going to be support there if you need it the end right that's it the q a has been done and i think i've been very honest about it except that one question which hopefully you all understand why i couldn't explain it but guys thanks so much for listening um hopefully that's answered some of your questions apologies if you did ask a question and it wasn't in there we did try and get through all the way albeit i didn't select them my team selected the best ones and there are good good selection of um questions in there so thanks so much for listening and i'll see you next week